Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Well, 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 what a smooth introduction to the community radio network. It's just extraordinary to be able to speak to the people of Australia on the Anarchist World this week once again. What an extraordinary privilege. Maybe I'm bullshitting, maybe just pain and suffering. We'll work it out. You wonder what anarchy is all about? An anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power that's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. And why those concepts? Anarchos without rulers. Not without rules. Now, obviously, you're tainted with original sin, if we don't have rulers, you'll rape and murder each other, you know, and steal from each other. But that's why we need rules, isn't it? So that they can rape and murder us and steal from us. But that's a different story. Now, we have an interesting week, and every week is interesting, especially if you're over 60. <laughs> every day is interesting because it's great to be alive. You know, there's a lot going for being alive. I mean, I've been a doctor, what, for 40 years, and uh, I've been waiting for one of my patients who's died to, you know, tell me that there's an afterlife, and unfortunately nobody's rung. Nobody's rung. Nobody's emailed me. So we'll just have to put up with what we've got. Now, I was fascinated, fascinated about the ABC getting a few drop kicks because it made a mistake. That's the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. And we were told that they are doing advocacy work. They're advocating for asylum seekers. Tut, tut, tut. They need to be dispassionate. They need to reflect the views of the Australian people. And I'm thinking to myself, am I the only idiot in the world? Am I the only bloody idiot in the world? What do you think the corporate-owned media does Every minute of every day, whether it's television, whether it's on the net, whether it's... What do you think they do every day? They advocate. They advocate for corporate capitalism. They advocate, you know, for this disgusting little, you know, uh, economic theory that we need to make ever increasing profits irrespective of the human, social and environmental costs, you know, in order to survive. So they advocate constantly. Constantly. Now... Whether you pay taxes or not, the ABC, what's left of it, which 
the bits that haven't been privatised, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, belongs to the Australian people. And when I switch on the bloody ABC, which is rare, apart from the news segments, which is very rare these days because of the paucity of the uh, commentary and the uh, ideas which are reflected in the ABC, when I switch on the ABC, I expect a broad spectrum of opinion. I don't expect corporate tax dodgers like Murdoch's employees in the Australian or the Herald Sun or, you know, the Daily Telegraph appearing on the ABC advocating for corporate capitalism. I don't expect that. But that's all I get every day. When I switch on the ABC, I don't hear the variety of voices which I should hear because obviously there are voices which... They want us to hear, and voices which they don't want us to hear. And I don't blame the individual presenters. They're just basically talking heads. I don't blame them. I blame all those middle management which set the editorial brief for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, where you get people who haven't paid tax and get tax refunds, all Murdoch's employees, you know, from News Corporation, 21st Century Fox, and their little hanger on us, you know, from the Institute of Public Affairs, getting a three-run on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. But where do you hear people like me, who've got views like I have, or views, other, you know, less radical views? You know, we're part of the Australian community. We pay our taxes. We're good citizens. We obey the laws. And they, and, and every time I switch and I get the same crap, constantly, week in and week out. I don't know if you feel like I do, but I've had enough of this crap. I really have. Where is the broad stream of opinion? Where's the broad spectrum of opinion? It's a government-funded organisation. Therefore, we should all have some ability to actually expand viewpoints on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Why is it that Murdoch's clones from the Australian, you know, a little newspaper that's never made a profit in its 50-year history, that's there basically to advocate for corporate capitalism and Mr Murdoch, you know, on a daily basis. Why is it that their, you know, employees hog the current affairs space on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation? You know why? Because they're frightened. They're frightened of people like you and me because, you know, we march to a different drum. We don't march to their drum. We think... They're wrong. We know they're wrong. We don't think we're wrong. They're wrong. We know they're wrong. We know that 40 years of deregulation, 40 years of privatisation, 40 years of corporatisation and 40 years of globalisation have set the majority of people in this country back. And I'm talking about 80% of people. Fine. You may have an expensive house which you've got a huge mortgage on. Fine. You may have an expensive car which you know you're paying off. But the reality is, the reality is, at the end of the day, every available statistic, the gap between the haves and the have-nots has increased. And on every available statistical analysis, it's the pay-as-you-earn taxpayers which still carry 70% of this nation's burden. Simple facts. You don't hear those facts. Now, I'd like to thank all those people who turned up outside, who turned up at Federation Square in Melbourne and then uh, walked to uh, Murdoch's Castle 
in Melbourne, the Herald and Weekly Times building on last Friday. Great rally. Great rally. Hopefully over the next few months we'll be able to increase the numbers. So, if you're keen, if you're keen, I advise you organise something in your part of the world. We can't organise the whole of Australia. We can organise a few things where we are, which is the city of Melbourne. And we will be, we will be, on the first Friday of the month, we will assemble at Federation Square at 4.30pm. And the next one is in March. And then we will walk pleasantly, politely, but firmly down the street to one of the headquarters of the 24-carat leaners, you know? Great people, the 24-carat leaners. All right, let's move on. This is the Anarchist World this week. My name's Joseph Toscano. If you want to write to me? Yes, we still, still answer letters. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. If you want to email me, anarchistage at yahoo.not. Go to the website, anarchistmedia.org. Go to the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest website, Pipsy. Download the material. Have a look at it. Because we, that's right, we are the people we've been waiting for. All those other people we've been waiting for to advocate, that's the key word to wait, to advocate on our behalf, have got rich advocating but have done nothing for us. They've done nothing for us. Our political representatives, who theoretically represent us in Parliament advocate on the behalf of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. And they do it every day, every minute of the day. Who advocates for you? You advocate yourself. We are the people we've been waiting for. And if you think some government instrumentality, some bureaucrat, some religious figure, some community leader, some politician... Some corporate, you know, giant is going to advocate on your behalf. Think again. All right. The latest, the latest Medicare debacle. You know what the Commonwealth Government wants to do? Now, remember, Tef, remember Turnbull, remember Mr Turnbull, Cayman Islands Turnbull, remember he's always wanted to look like a leader. You know, as he said in the beginning, it doesn't matter if it's the Liberal or Labor Party, as long as I'm Prime Minister, we'll sort it all out. So Malcolm Cayman Island Turnbull has got a great idea. He uh, kind of kicked out, increased the GST out the door, it was a little all too hard, and now he's got another idea. He is going to privatise the Commonwealth payment system. That's right. What does that mean? Privatise the Commonwealth payment system. You know when you get your refund from Medicare or get your money for your disability support pension or your old age pension which goes into your bank account. I mean all that work is currently done by Commonwealth public servants. That's right, Commonwealth public servants. So what he's going to do what he'd like to do, courtesy of the Senate, what he would love to do is privatise the Commonwealth payment system. He would like to sell that to a private organisation. 
So now we will have a private organisation will be in charge of every intimate detail of your health affairs. You go have an abortion, that private corporation has that information. You go there for a treatment of venereal disease, that private corporation has that information. That private organisation, you get paid your old age pension, that private organisation will have information regarding your address and all the details which are, you know, on the database. Isn't this extraordinary? It reminds me of the Icelandic government a few a decade ago when they actually sold sold their citizens' DNA to a private corporation. It's the same thing. What? And then we're told, but there will be things in place. There'll be rules in place to regulate these private corporations. Bullshit. Crap. Utter and total crap. Every time we've seen the privatisation of a Commonwealth um, public interest, we've seen things go backwards. For example, this week the big news was about Melbourne Airport, the fact that it's only got two runways and the fact that there's no investment in airports. Well, we seem to have forgotten that 15 years ago the Howard-led government privatised every bloody airport in the country. That's right. Now, airports, if you've got a private airport, you've got no companies going to go there to you know, make a loss. They're there to make a profit. And how do you make profit? You don't grow the airport. And then you rely on the taxpayer to bail you out. And it'll be the same with this privatised payment system you'll find that it's not going to be as efficient as you think it's going to be. You'll find that profits will go offshore because most likely some large multinational corporation will take over the payment system. It's not just the payment system. It's all the information that's attached to that payment system. Some of the most private and intimate details. And those of you who believe in uh, the fact that there's such a thing as internet security, think again. Think again. Think of all the uh, examples in the past 12 months about corporations, you know, uh, losing the private information of millions of their uh, customers. So this is the way this government is going because Mr Malcolm Cayman Island Turnbull has a problem. He has a big problem. He has a huge problem. His problem makes Julia Gillard's problem when Rudd was trying to uh, assassinate her look minuscule. He's got to watch out for the opposition. He's got to watch out, you know, for the Greens and the ALP and whoever else is going to be in the mix. And then, more importantly, he's got to watch out for his back. Because Malcolm Cayman Island's Turnbull is a show pony. He is the Liberal party's show pony he's the model in the window flexing his biceps brushing down his suit in the window saying come in come in he's the liberal national party spruker come in come in we have all these specials for the australian people 
We're going to privatise Australia Post. We're going to privatise uh, the, the uh, payment delivery system. We're going to privatise the hex debt. And the list goes on and on because they're doing all that because there's nothing else to privatise. There he is, smirking. But we will have progressive social policies. Where are his progressive social policies regarding asylum seekers? Ain't seen them yet. Where are his progressive social policies regarding marriage equality? We're going to have a $150 million plebiscite. So effing what? A plebiscite is not binding on anybody. It's not binding on the government. It means nothing. It's basically an opinion piece. Instead of spending $150 million to hold a plebiscite, why don't they spend $150 million holding a referendum? A referendum is binding. If the majority of Australians, the majority of states, vote for marriage equality, that idea would be encapsulated in the Australian Constitution. That's what a referendum does. And that would mean you don't need an Act of Parliament to create new laws. It automatically is a constitutional right. So no wonder they want to hold a plebiscite because if they are really interested in marriage equality, they would hold a referendum. And if the referendum was successful, then marriage equality would be encapsulated in the Australian Constitution. It would be a, a right of every individual Australian citizen and resident. And they talk about, you know, they, they must think we're... We, they must, I think they wake up and they, every morning and they say, well, what are we going to say to the Australian people today? What are we going to say to the Australian people today to obfuscate what's going on? What lies, what activity are we going to tell the, you know... What are we going to say to the Australian people in order to justify the corporate squatters, you know, not paying any tax legally, L-E-G-A-L-L-Y, as Mr Keating said, see my lips, all right? Just extraordinary, it really is. You know, sometimes I think, what's the point? What's the point of getting up? They must think we're total lunatics. But it's just extraordinary. Where are the headlines? Corporate Australia pays no tax. You won't see that headline. Where's the headline? Plebiscite, marriage equality, bullshit. We need a referendum. You won't see that headline. Where are these headlines? You never see them. You never will. While that small section of society controls the parliamentary agenda. It's very simple. They don't fear you. Your parliamentary representatives have no respect for you. They treat you with scorn. They think you're just garbage, human garbage. I'm not talking about all of them. There's a few independents out there. There's a few members who, you know, who take things seriously. But the majority of them are more frightened of their political party because it's the political party which determines who sits in what seat. For example, if you look at the New South Wales Liberal Party, it's tearing itself asunder as the moderate faction, which is basically the extreme right faction, battles for control of the party with the neoliberal reactionary faction. You know? 
tearing itself apart. It's all about pre-selection. You get pre-selected in a safe Liberal seat or a safe Labor seat or a safe Green seat and you're there for life. Well, let's turn that around. Let's make every seat a marginal seat. Let's make every seat a marginal seat at the next election because you know the reward you get for voting in the same political party year in and year out. You know what the reward is? Sweet F or nothing. There's no reward. Elections are fought around marginal seats. Who wins the most marginal seats becomes government. Whose interest do they look after? The interest of the corporate sector and to a lesser degree the interest of people living in marginal seats. So if you want things to happen for you, you need to live in a marginal seat. So instead of selling up or renting you know, a house in a marginal seat, I suggest you make your seat a marginal seat because there's nothing, there is nothing to prevent you if you vote, if you vote, if you take part in the circus, there is nothing to prevent you from voting for a minor party, an independent, somebody else, make it a marginal seat, and then maybe, then maybe, they'll begin to understand that power in a democratic society doesn't rest in Parliament, it doesn't rest in the government of the day, it doesn't rest in the state, it doesn't rest in the bureaucracy. Ultimate political authority in a democratic society rests in the hands of the people. So under that definition, we don't live or have ever lived in a democratic society in Australia. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now, there's a few things happening which I'm going to encourage you to go to because that's what the Anarchist World this week is about. It's about encouraging you to become active. And I'm not talking about clicking a button and say, like, 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 like. All you get is RSI. I'm talking about, you know, actually taking action. Actually becoming involved in a vigil, in a protest. Nobody in your town interested? Stand outside some corporate headquarters with a sign saying, pay your taxes, bludgers. Corporate bludgers, my apologies. Corporate squatters, bludgers, you know, do that. It won't be long before people come up to you and say, congratulations, good on you. Irrespective of, you know, who tries to move you on, you still have that right in this country. Now, just a few interesting little bits and pieces that you may be interested in. There are a number of Defend and Extend Medicare rallies across the country. Now, the first one off the uh, table is on Thursday the 18th of February. Now, public interest before corporate interests is holding a Defend and Extend Medicare rally at Hastings. That's a little coastal village. Well, it's actually not a coastal village. It's actually on the bay. Well, it's on the sea. At Hastings. At 9.30am, that's the corner of Queen and High Street, Hastings. High Street's the main street. So people should gather there at 9.30am and then they'll be marching to the Federal Environment Minister's office, Mr Greg Hunt. Now I understand Mr Hunt has been voted the best minister in the world. 
say it'll be interesting to see how Mr Hunt and his office deal with the Defend and Extend Medicare rally which has been held in Hastings. And these people have got the audacity to deliver a letter asking for the $8 billion paid to the health insurance, private health insurance industry to return to Medicare. What audacity. There's another big rally. Well, there is a, a bigger rally, because it's in Melbourne, at Saturday, midday, the 20th of February at the State Library to defend and extend Medicare. So we're very keen, very keen, to get people to go to the Hastings Rally. So if you listen to this program and you live around Hastings Way, which is about 70, 80 k's from the Melbourne CBD, um, gather at the corner of Queen and High Street on Thursday the 18th of February at 9.30am and then a march to the Federal Environment Minister's Office, Greg Hunt. Now I understand Mr Hunt is in Dubai while I speak and he's about to get his award from a private corporation. I think it's a private news item, news outlet, has the best minister in the world. So it'll be interesting to see whether the best minister in the world will actually take a delegation from the Defend and Extend Medicare rally, uh, which will be held on Thursday the 18th of February. Now, talking about Pipsy, Pipsy is moving. We're starting to crawl. We're only a baby. We're now six months or nine months and starting to crawl. Got over eight, 550 members currently. Uh, there's a number of activities organised around, uh, mainly around Melbourne. We are looking for active branches to be set up in other states. Although we've got members of Victoria, New South Wales, Tasmania, Queensland, and South Australia, the only branches we have are in Victoria. We'd like to see new branches springing up around the country. Maybe get a few members from West Australia, the ACT, and the Northern Territory. And uh, I think it's important. Look, if you're interested in, if you want to put public interest before corporate interests, and that's what it's all about, well, then look at the website, pipsy.net, P-I-B-C-I.net. Go to the Facebook page, public interest before corporate interests. Interested in joining? Download the application form. No joining fee. Bingo. Before you know it, you want a, a member of one of the fastest growing political organisation. In this country, public interest before corporate interest. And the beauty about public interest before corporate interest, we're not just stealing people from the Greens and the ALP, we are stealing people from the Liberal National Party. Because it's a broad-based movement. It's a simple concept, a simple concept, that the government of the day should always put the interests of the nation as a whole before the interests of the corporate squatters. Very simple. Very simple concept. Nothing radical about it. You know, nothing radical about it. Hopefully in the next decade it will become a, a major political force in this country. It is similar to the type of movements w which have sprung up in Portugal and Spain and Italy and Greece where people have said, enough, enough is enough of this orthodox, crappy politics. You may call it fascist, you may call it socialist, you know, you may call it uh, social democratic... But enough is enough, because at the end of the day, it's about ensuring the corporate sector continues continues to dominate the political, social and political agenda of this country. You're listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscan. I'm hosting today's program. 
like to get like to have a learn more about anarchism go to the website anarchismedia.org want to learn more about pipsy go to the website pibci.net not computer literate hate computers can't stand them over 50 percent of pipsy's current membership don't actually uh have an internet address then write to us at post office box 20 parkville 3052 can't write Leave a message on 0439 395 489. Become part of one of the fastest growing political movements in this country, political and social movements. And don't forget, don't forget those rallies on the first Friday of the month. And if you want to organise one in your neck of the woods and want a little bit of advice, a little bit of help, give us a call. 0439 395 489. Governments find it very hard, very hard to ignore peaceful mass action they love violence they love it because it gives them the very reason for their existence they're there to protect the community from those violent thugs but when it comes to peaceful mass action they've got a dilemma they either change their political direction or they use violence they use institutionalised violence. They allow those sections of the community that have a monopoly on the use of violence in this country to actually unleash those people, the police and the armed forces and private security guards, on the citizens of this country because they've got the audacity, the audacity to claim that the public interest should be put before the corporate interest. So mass, peaceful, political action we will clog the streets of this country within the next 12 months. And until we see public interests put before corporate interests, we will continue to grow because we are a movement, not just a telephone box minority, but a movement that will have a profound impact on this country and will have a profound impact because people of all political persuasions, whether they're Liberal Party voters, National Party voters, Green voters, uh, ALP voters, people who vote informal, people who aren't on the electoral roll, people who are not registered to vote, people who refuse to vote, are all beginning to realise, they're all beginning to realise that none of these groups reflect their interests. This is the Atticus World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now, it's good to see, it is really good to see that Mr Packer fortunes are improving because Mr Packer, unlike his daddy, uh, has kind of removed himself from the ugly field of the media and I can understand that. What what a waste of time. What a waste of time. And has actually... Uh, Invested in a better business, a more profitable business, casinos, all over the world. But I'd just like to talk about um, Crown Casino in Melbourne. Now, I understand that, you know, Crown Security is really, really active. And I understand that some croupier is... um, facing court and his mates are facing court for defrauding Crown. It's alleged they defrauded Crown of about $100,000 and they were frog-marched out to the police station. Now, the same week, County Court judge, a respected County 
Court Judge, the Honourable Michael McNinnery, really launched a broadside against Crown Casino, you know, claiming that heroin traffickers and dealers and those who financed heroin in this in Victoria had a three run of the casino. Well, I don't know if he claimed that exactly, but he said money laundering was rife, rife, and that something should be done about it. And then when you add that to the people who've been roughed up by Crown Security, the people who have suicide because of the money they've left, they've lost, and the people who've robbed other people and robbed their employers, you know, to frit away money on the, uh, you know, and they gamble little escapades in Crown Casino, and uh, the impact that problem gamblers have on their family and the impact they have on their community, you would think, you would think, somebody, you know, somebody would actually be making a fuss. I mean, the Fairfax media has raised the issue, but where's the fuss? There's no fuss. It'll all blow over. It'll be business as usual. The money laundering will continue. The suicides will continue. The community uh, displacement will continue. It'll all continue. Ad nauseum. Because nobody is willing to tackle the issue. Because Crown Casino has become too big. Too big. To be let fail over, it's the biggest employer in Victoria. It employs over 8,000 people. It's a nice cash cow for the Victorian state government. So as far as county court, the county court judge is concerned, well, his comments, who cares? Nobody really cares. There'll be no efforts made. Obviously there'll be efforts to, you know, rein in those dishonest workers or allegedly dishonest workers, but as far as raiding in the uh, the customers are concerned. Well, you don't want to rock the boat, do you? It's not good for business. And that's the beauty of living in the land of Oz, the land down under, the land of milk and honey, God's own country. Don't rock the boat. Because if you do rock the boat, you're going to find it's going to be very difficult to get employment in the future. That's the price of rocking the boat. Let's move on. Isn't it interesting? Now, CSIRO, great organisation, great organisation, does a lot of work which benefits the Australian community and the Australian people, has done good work for decades. We've now got ahead of CSIRO as a little bit of an economic go-getter and... uh, Doing basic research is no longer on the books. You've got to do research where you can make a buck. You can market it, package it, sell it, form a partnership with a private corporation and flog it to the world. And it's interesting to see how not only was the budget to CSIRO gutted by Mr Abbott, but it's interesting to see how currently... Uh, the Climate Change Division of CSIRO is going to be closed down. It's no longer needed, is it? Everybody accepts climate change, except most of the ministers in the uh, Malcolm, Cayman Island, Turnbull-led government. 
fascinating what we find important and what isn't important. Fascinating. And where are the advocates for CSIRO? No advocates. They need to grow up. It needs to be privatised. needs to move on. Keep moving. Keep moving. We need to make a buck for the private sector. Extraordinary. Now, I'm going to get out my little crystal ball. Yeah, I get it out every week. Well, every day, every minute of the day, obviously. You know, I'm ringing up those people on TV and, you know, you're going to tell me my fortune. But I thought I'd tell the Australian people their fortune today. And it's not going to cost you anything. Not a thing. Here I am. I got my crystal ball out. I'm looking. Oh, should I disclose what I've seen? Unbelievable. Could it be possible? Extraordinary. (laughs) All right, let's share the joy. Now, we've got the show pony, Malcolm Cayman Islands Turnbull, our beloved Prime Minister, the man who can do no wrong, the man who seems to be able to deliver nothing, not because he's not trying, I'll give him 10 for trying, but because there are all these people with their knives from his own political party poised, poised to the stabbing. But they need him. They need Malcolm. They need him. In an electoral policies which has become very presidential in the last few decades where it's not the policies that count but the leaders, Mr Bill Shorten, the leader of the Australian Labor Party, doesn't really match up to the suave, sophisticated Malcolm Cayman Islands Turnbull, the merchant banker. Doesn't really match up, really, does he? Doesn't scrub up right, does he? Seems to stumble as far as his words, words are concerned. So the Liberal National Party, now, when he stood up against Abbott, he looked like a god. But when he stands up against Malcolm Cayman Islands Turnbull, he looks like a peanut. So, the Abbott-led forces need Mr Turnbull. But they don't want him to get too big for his boots. And the Murdoch media has begun targeting Turnbull's major supporters in Cabinet. They're given information by the Cabinet members, which is then leaked to the press, as we saw recently with uh, a Cabinet minister. You know, gone to China, did this, did that. I mean, you'd never see that in the Murdoch media in the past, but obviously they're concerned. They're concerned that the Liberal Party is undergoing a transformation, that all these social progressives, but economic dries, are going to take over the party, and they want you know, social reactionaries and economic dries to remain in charge of the party. So what does the crystal ball tell me? It tells me that Malcolm will be pushed out to the front, he will be the Prime Minister when the next election is held, they don't want him to have a big majority because if he has a big majority, it gives him, you know, some authority over the party. They want him to have a, you know, a slender majority, which the, the Murdoch media is working towards by uh, actually uh, targeting uh, Turnbull supporters in Cabinet and actually unsettling them because they can't target the man himself. You target the show pony, you've got a problem because you ain't got a show pony, you can't put Abbott in his place. So... If Malcolm wins the next election, it's an if. It's not a God-given certainty. 
if Malcolm wins the next election, he'll have a paper-thin majority. And within six months of him winning the next election, he'll be knifed by the conservative neoliberals in the Liberal Party. Knifed. In bed. He'll be looking up and say, Et tu brutus. All right? Et tu brutus. He'll be knifed. And then what we'll see is that faction of the Liberal Party led by our own beloved leader, past leader, Tony Abbott. That's why he's going to resit uh, for another round. He will bring back all those wonderful policies which they wanted to introduce in the 2014 budget, like co-payments to destroy Medicare, slashing disability support pension numbers, and the list goes on and on. All those wonderful policies. But in order to do that, they need a majority in the Senate. So... If you are voting at the next federal election, think carefully for what you about what you're doing because Malcolm Cayman Islands Turnbull may be the front man, but lurking behind him, destabilising the party just enough for them to get away from the majority, is our very own Mr. Rabbit and Mr. Murdoch, waiting, 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 waiting. Because they've got a problem. They have a problem. Because they're not willing to tackle the corporate squatters. They're not willing to evict the corporate squatters. They're quite happy to evict ordinary squatters, the homeless, looking for a place, a roof over their heads. You've got to evict those bastards, you know. God, they're ruining the property cycle. But when it comes to the corporate squatters, you don't want to upset the corporate squatters. So they're not going to get any extra money from the corporate squatters. We're going to continue to see all these legal tax minimisation uh, laws. They're not going to be. They're not going to be touched either by the Liberal or the National Liberal National Party or the ALP. So you're not going to upset the corporate squatters. Pay as you earn, taxpayers. Well, it's an issue, and we'll talk about that. It's an issue because the money coming from pay as you earn, taxpayers isn't as much as before, although we, everybody talks about bracket creep and 50% of Australians paying the highest rate of taxation. The reality is there's been no wage increases in the last uh, 10 years worth talking about. Wages haven't even kept pace with inflation for the majority of Australian workers. So the tax take is actually decreasing. So And there's no GST, we've been told now. So no increase in GST. So what do you do? How do you increase revenue? You don't increase revenue. You slash community services. You slash social security benefits. You privatise everything that's not nailed down. That's how you get the cash to try to maintain this country's social security net. And that's the dilemma faced by Mr Turnbull, that he needs... Sorry. I got that wrong. Malcolm Cayman Islands Turnbull. We got to really, you got to incorporate the Cayman Islands in his name because that's an important part of who he is. All right, let's get that right. Now, I wonder if my yacht and the Cayman Islands are still there, and I wonder if the Learjet I had booked. Oh, oh, that's another story. I'll have to talk to you about that another day. You know, doesn't everybody have a Learjet? If Brom's got a helicopter, I need a Learjet. All right, so. You've got issues, all right? There are issues, and there are major issues. We're told there's 100,000 homeless, bingo, plus a few more. 
We're told there's no public housing. We're told there's no money for Gonski, no money for public education. We're told there's no money for public health. We're told there's no money for Medicare. We're told there's no money for public infrastructure. We are told there's a lot of money for private for a pr- private security and there's a lot of money to outsource um, government uh, uh, functions. A lot of money for the private sector there. <laughs> it's extraordinary when you think about it. But there's no, And why isn't there any money? Because... Corporate Australia, the corporate squatters, legally pay no tax in this country. One third paid no tax last year. The rest paid less than 5%. And there's no point you railing about it and crapping on about it because most of them, not all of them, but most of them, the great majority have done nothing illegal. They've got good accountants. There are slack laws. They take advantage of those laws. And we have political representatives who are not willing not willing to change those laws. And that's the central dilemma regarding this election. If there is no one out there willing to change these laws, then the same will continue. And the people who will suffer the greatest burden are pay-as-you-earn taxpayers, the 50% of people are pay-as-you-earn taxpayers, and the 33% of Australians who are on Social Security benefits. And those who will reap the rewards are the 15% of Australians who are part of the investment classes in this country, those that own a second home, an investment home, those who use this country's corporate, friendly taxation laws to legally minimise their tax. For example... Of the one million Australians in the investment class who own a second home, you know what their average, average taxable income is? It's less than $50,000. And how do you do that? You use the country's negative gearing laws to legally minimise your taxation. And the key word is legal because of the country's legislation. So how... Do we really expect to be able to provide Medicare, a pharmaceutical benefits scheme, <coughs> public education? And the list goes on and on. We can't. Can't be done. You can't make the banana trees grow bananas in winter, unless they're genetically cloned, of course. <laughs> Maybe we should have a genetically cloned economy. That would well, that would solve that, wouldn't it? But that's that's the issue. So it is a profound issue because it affects everybody who doesn't have enough disposable income to become part of the investment class. It affects eighty to eighty five percent of Australians on a daily basis. It affects you in terms of the services you're entitled to. It affects you in terms of how property prices are artificially elevated, which artificially increases rents, which makes it more difficult to actually get the security of being able to buy your own home, which makes it more difficult for you to be able to, uh, for your children to get an education in the public uh, education sector, which makes it more difficult for you to access public health care, And the list goes on and on. So there are options. There are always options in life. 
Sometimes the options don't look very rosy, but there are options. You can wait till the election at the end of the year and have a look at all the literature from the candidates and vote for, you know, your rusted on party. Whether it's the Greens, the ALP or the, you know, Liberal National Party. They'll sort it out for me. That's right. You can actually look at all the garbage and say, well, you know, I'll vote for independent. But that's not enough. That's what they want you to do. They want us to think democracy is the act of casting a ballot every three to four years to elect, a, to give a signed blank check to a political representative to make decisions for us for the next three to four years. That's what I think democracy is. They want you once every three to four years to cast a ballot and that's the end of your responsibilities. Well, it doesn't work that way. We need, in between elections, to be actually be able to influence, influence the decision-making processes that go on in and out of Parliament. And if we just sit on the sidelines for three to four years waiting for the next election, nothing will ever change. Because political representatives who are elected on the ticket of a major political party, you know, are ultimately responsible to the people who pre-select them. They're not responsible to the electorate. So there's an issue. And if we continue to wait for every election, nothing ever changes. I can give a sign blank check to somebody to make decisions for me for the next three to four years till the cows come home. And the cows will never come home. They've broken the fences and, you know, and are running three across the freeway. Hopefully they don't get hit by a car or a truck or a semi-trailer. I mean, that's the situation. What they can't stand is people taking action in between elections. People like you and me being involved in protests and vigils and occupations and the list goes on and on. Even signing a petition, holding a rally, bombarding your local parliamentary representative you know, of emails, turning up at every community meeting, demanding to be heard. That's what they cannot tolerate. People actually taking advantage of those few rights and liberties they still enjoy to organise. That's what they can't stand. And that's why, as I said last week and the week before, the trade unions have been targeted. Not because there's a few bad apples in the trade union movements and there's bad apples in every organisation. Not because there's a few, you know, lazy trade union officials or dishonest trade union officials. They've been targeted because they are a potential mechanism via which people can actually exercise power in between elections. And if you live in an authoritarian country, the first thing you do is you destroy any opposition, any non-government organisation. You make everybody beholden to the government of the day. Look at the Chinese Communist Party experiment and you'll see what I'm talking about. So as I keep saying ad nauseum, decision is up to you. You can follow the status quo. You can put in your ballot. You can vote informal. 
You cannot vote at all and think you've done your duty. But you ain't done your duty as a citizen. You ain't done your duty as a human being. You need to become actively involved in the processes which lead to decision-making, which influence decision-making processes in this country. And if you don't do that, you deserve what you get. There's no point complaining after an election if a government doesn't do what it promises because voting, as I said before, is giving a signed blank cheque to political representative to make decisions for you. But unfortunately, those representatives don't actually have the power to make those decisions because the major decisions that are made in Parliament are influenced by that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, the corporate squatters. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the the, uh, Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. Isn't that modern? You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You like the podcast? Send it to all your political enemies. You hate the podcast? Send it to your friends. Obviously, they've got better sense than you have. You can write to us. Yes, we do answer letters. Every Last weekend, I went to the post office box and I couldn't believe it. It was packed, packed. It took me eight hours to answer all the mail. You can write to us at post office box 20, Parkville 3052. That's post office box 20, Parkville 3052. Get yourself put on the Anarchist Media Institute email list. Just email us your email. That makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, Anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. Interested in joining public interest before corporate interest? Want to find out what they're all about? Go to pibsy.net. Pibsy.net. Write to them at Post Office Box 20, Parkville. 3052 Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052 and if all else fails you can always leave a pleasant message on 0439 395 489 I will get back to you within 24 hours thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week broadcast on the Community Radio Network via the uh, Community Radio Network that makes a bit of a doesn't make sense there, does a bit of a tautology. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station next week. And if the first time you've listened to the Anarchist World this week and it doesn't appear on your local community radio station, knock on the station manager's door, say to her or him, You broadcast the Anarchist World this week, and if you don't, it's about time you contacted the community radio network so you can broadcast the Anarchist World this week on your community radio station. Thank you once again. That number again, 0439 395 489, pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net, anarchistmedia.org. Listen to the podcast, freecr.org.au. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network. That's right, via the Community Radio Network next week now. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week. Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse, 10am every Wednesday, 
Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.